You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey everybody, Trevor Noah here. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. It is now day 29 of staying inside to try and prevent the spread of coronavirus. And good news, really good news. According to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, what we're doing right now is working. Yeah, and for the first time in weeks, the number of people who are being admitted to hospitals is decreasing. So please, let's keep it going. And I know it's hard. I know it is hard to stay locked up in the house, especially when the weather's getting better. But here's your quarantine tip of the day. If you're feeling lonely in your apartment, just leave some food out on the floor, right? And then when the rats show up, you can pretend you're Cinderella. Anyway, on tonight's episode, Vladimir Putin loses his confidence. We give you some video chat do's and don'ts, and President Trump tries out for the role of the Mad King. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Okay, first up, let's talk about a major development in the presidential race. After staying on the sidelines throughout the Democratic primary, President Barack Hussein Obama has now made an endorsement. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for president of the United States. Yes, my friends, Barack Obama has officially endorsed Joe Biden. Now, I know some people think it's weird that Obama waited this long to give Biden his blessing, but really this is just his African side coming out. This is really what African fathers do. Now that you have taken on your enemies by yourself, you are a man today. Now I can call you my son. So I wasn't your son. No, that's not the, I'm not saying you are not my son. I'm just saying if you failed to defeat the lion named Bunny, I would disown you. All right, before we catch up on the major Corona updates, let's have some fun in our lighthearted segment, Array of Sunshine. Let's kick things off with Lego, one of the world's biggest toy manufacturers and destroyer of bare feet. They've announced that they have converted some of their molding machines to help make protective equipment for medical workers. And this is so great that Lego is now stepping in and helping healthcare workers with PPE. I mean, I just don't know how comfortable a Lego mask will be, but it's nice that they're trying. Also, if there's one thing we know about Legos, it's that no one builds what they're actually supposed to build, yeah? It's just gonna be like, hey, Mr. Doctor, did you get that Lego mask we sent you? Yeah, I did, but I built a helicopter. In Indonesia, not everyone is willing to stay inside. So in response, one village came up with a good solution. Well, a village in Indonesia is using an unusual method to try and curb the spread of the coronavirus. Take a look at this. Local volunteers dressing up as ghosts to patrol their neighborhood streets, trying to spook residents into respecting stay-at-home orders. Officials say the plan originally backfired when people ventured out to take photos of the ghosts for social media. Okay, I don't know what's crazier here. The fact that this village tried to use ghosts to scare people back into their houses, or the fact that the people heard that there were ghosts outside and then tried to get pictures for social media? Like, 
What have we become? What has social media made us, huh? There's a ghost and you're like, I'm going outside. I'm willing to bet that if the exorcist head twisting thing happened today, instead of being scared, people in the room would be like, oh my God, can you do that again? That would make an amazing TikTok. Hey, hey, hey. And finally, with coronavirus shutting down most of the American economy, every state has had to make their own decisions about which businesses are essential, right? Which businesses are essential to remain open? In California, they decided that some weed dispensaries could stay open. Texas has said that gun stores are essential. And in Florida, they went with this. Meanwhile, the WWE was back performing live shows last night. They were at their performance center here in Orlando after it was deemed an essential business. Orange County Mayor Jerry Demi said the wrestling entertainment company was not initially considered to be so, but the WWE reached out to the governor and it was changed because he said the company is critical to Florida's economy. Yes, Florida. The governor of Florida has officially given the green light to the WWE as an essential business. There is one thing though, since the uh, wrestling has been taping during Corona, the uh, storylines have gotten pretty weird. Triple H, I saw you touching your face and you didn't wash your hands. You are about to pay. I'm gonna flatten your curve. Now, what's really interesting is that initially the WWE wasn't considered essential but then they reached out to the governor and we actually have footage of the WWE negotiating with the governor. The governor is about to get into it with the WWE. This could be anyone's match. Rollins is assaulting DeSantis. Oh, that's gotta hurt. How much can one politician take? What is going on here? All right, that's it for the Ray of Sunshine. Let's get into the headlines. First up, because of how new it is, scientists are still learning new things about the coronavirus. How you can catch it, how you can spread it, how you can hurt its feelings by saying it's just like the flu. That one hits here. And now a new CDC study says that coronavirus could be spreading on the bottom of our shoes, except of course for Crocs. Even coronavirus doesn't want to touch those, but yeah, this is real. They say coronavirus could be spreading on the bottom of our shoes. So as a precaution, I would recommend that everyone keep their shoes as clean as possible. I'm talking black teenager levels. That's how clean your sneakers should be. Meanwhile, while some countries around the world have managed to get coronavirus under control, others who took too long to act are now struggling. Russia is one of those countries. And they're now dealing with a sudden surge of new cases. In fact, it's gotten so bad that President Vladimir Putin has openly admitted, openly admitted that, quote, we have a lot of problems and we don't have much to brag about. And in my opinion, this is the biggest reason we need to defeat coronavirus. Because Not only is it killing people and destroying economies, it's even making Vladimir Putin insecure. Hell, he's even started covering up when he rides his horse. It's just not the same. Now, while Russia is dealing with its first outbreak, South Korea might be dealing with part two. Authorities in that country are now saying that coronavirus has reactivated 
in more than 100 patients who had already tested negative for the virus. And I'm sorry, guys, but this is bullshit. They thought coronavirus was gone out of the people and now it's coming back? How are you gonna do that, corona, huh? How are you gonna come back for the sequel before the first movie is even over? This would be like Thanos popping up during the first Iron Man, just like, hey, it's me. No, no, don't you snap those fingers. Don't you snap those fingers. We still have to meet all the other Avengers before you. We're gonna meet like Black Panther and, and Thor. And I, I think there's like a, like a, a bee. Is it, is it a bee or a termite? Or the bow and arrow guy, he's like a fan. And he gets to tag along. We gotta meet a lot of people. But you see, this is where the coronavirus messed up. Because if corona is trying to start up again, that means we already know its moves. Yeah, so this time, we're gonna protect Tom Hanks. This time, we're gonna get the extra ventilators that we need. And this time, I'm gonna kidnap my barber before we get locked down so that I don't look like I've been lost at sea for two years. Look at me, look at me. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's get into our big story. From the moment coronavirus started to affect the United States, you could tell that President Trump was deeply concerned that this pandemic would hurt his ability to brag about the economy. And that's why from the first day the country was shut down, Trump has been asking one question. When can we open this motherfucker back up? With nearly 17 million Americans filing new unemployment claims in the last three weeks, the president is eager to open the country again for business by May 1st. I call it the opening our country task force or opening our country councils. I'm gonna have to make a decision and I only hope to God that it's the right decision. But I would say without question, it's the biggest decision I've ever had to make. Yes, the biggest decision Trump has ever had to make. Even bigger than when he had to decide whether to abort Eric or let him finish high school. Now, the president isn't wrong. Figuring out when to open the country is an extremely complicated decision. Right? For one, experts have warned that if the country is opened too soon, we could experience a second wave of coronavirus by July or even August. Because corona might seem like it's finished, but if we're not careful, all of a sudden, it can come back even stronger, you know? Think of coronavirus like, like that one singer in a black church. Was blind, but now I see. Thank you so much. Ooh, you. I see. Now I see. And here's another thing. Medical experts have also warned that without sufficient testing, it's hard to send everyone back into the world because you'll have no way to know who has the virus and who's already immune. And let's be honest, right now, America is still worse at testing than Aunt Becky's kids. Okay, now, one solution that is being looked at by some countries is what's being called an immunity passport, which would allow people who have already survived coronavirus to move around freely. And th that's a pretty decent idea. But the only concern is that if people who've had corona can move around freely, then some people might want to get the virus intentionally so that they can also move around freely, right? And it makes sense. It's the same way everyone rushes to lose their virginity at prom so that they get to hang out with the cool kids at college. So there are a lot of things to consider here. And President Trump, he says that he's gonna base his decision to reopen the economy on, quote, a lot of facts and a lot of instincts also. And this is the same guy whose instincts told him to look directly into the sun during an eclipse. For all we know, 
it might give you superpowers. No one else has done it. Have you ever asked why? Now, on coronavirus specifically, Trump's instincts have been wrong from the start. In fact, yesterday at his daily presser, Trump was asked what he did to prepare for corona during the month of February. And he very angrily couldn't come up with an answer. The argument is that you bought yourself some time and you didn't use it to prepare hospitals. You didn't use it to ramp up testing. Right you're now, so, you're so, you're so disgraceful. It's so disgraceful the way you say that. Let, let me just, listen, I just went over it. Or this rant supposed to make people I just went over it. In an unprecedented crisis. Nobody thought we should do it. And when I did it. But what did you do with the time that you bought? You know the we month did? of February. That, you that know we did? Gap. What do you do? What do you do when you have no case in the whole United States? You had cases when in you, you excuse me, you reported it. Zero cases, zero deaths on January 17th. January. February, the entire January. I said in January. Your video has a complete gap. On January 30th. What did your administration do in February with the time that your travel ban bought? A lot. A lot. And in fact, we'll give you a list. What we did, in fact, part of it was up there. We did a lot. Look, look. You know you're a fake. You know that your whole network, the way you cover it, is fake. And most of you, and not all of you. But the people are wise to you. That's why you have a lower, a lower approval rating than you've ever had before, times probably three. Okay, that, that was a masterclass in dodging the question. Trump pulled every single trick in the book. He said he'll give the proof later. He then tried to change the topic. And then he even called the reporter a fake. Like, I feel like he was two seconds away from just pretending that he doesn't speak English. Sorry, folks. No habla English. So few hablas. Zero hablas. Luckily, the truth is that America doesn't really need to rely on the president's instincts here. Governors are the ones who lock down their states, and governors are the ones who will decide when to open the states back up. In fact, yesterday, governors on both the East Coast and the West Coast formed multi-state pacts to decide together when to open the economy up. And this is actually a brilliant idea in the absence of leadership from the White House. This is truly a brilliant idea. I mean, in fact, when I think about it, all the states should just join up. Yeah, think about it. All the states should join up and they should work in unison with each other. You know, like, like they could call it the, the together states in America. God damn, that's brilliant. I gotta write that down. Now, when, when Trump heard that the states were gonna be deciding on whether or not to reopen their economies, regardless of his decision, he was quick to remind people that his business cards might say president, but y'all better treat him like the king. At the White House, President Trump made the stunning claim that only he has the power to reopen the country, not individual state governors. The president of the United States has the authority to do what the president has the authority to do, which is very powerful. The president of the United States calls the shots. They can't do anything without the approval of the president of the United States. When you say my authority, the president's authority. Not mine, because it's not me. This is when somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. And that's the way it's got to be. The authority is total. It's total. It's total. What provision in the Constitution gives the president the power to open or close state economies? Uh, and then... Numerous uh, provisions will give you a legal brief if you want. Okay, uh, just so we're on the same page, Trump has now promised us a list of all the preparations he took in February and an explanation of why he has total power as the president. 
And I'm assuming he'll deliver all of those pieces of paper when he sends over his tax returns and his high school report on To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, at this point, Trump has more pages to release than George R.R. R. Martin. Where's the final book, George? You've been stuck at home with nothing else to do. No more excuses, George. I'm gonna come and find you and ask you this question in person. This is not a threat. And you know, it's crazy how throughout this crisis, Trump has been pushing responsibility onto the governors at every opportunity. Every opportunity, that's what he's been doing. Find your own ventilators. Negotiate for your own PPE. You tell citizens to stay at home. That's not my job. But now, now that it's getting close to that time when America might be reopening the economy, all of a sudden he's like, me, me, I get to push the button. That's me, I get to do it. But the truth is, Donald, if you're not there for the battle, you don't get to lead the victory parade. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. With most of us stuck in our homes, video chatting is more popular than ever. But just like with anything, video chatting comes with its own social rules and expectations. And luckily for all of us, our correspondents here at the show have put together this handy guide for all of you to learn a little bit of video chatting etiquette. Thanks to coronavirus, everyone has taken up video chatting for business meetings, happy hours, sometimes both at the same time. But how do we navigate this brave new world? Here are some do's and don'ts for all of those about to video chat. Don't begin a work call by asking age, sex, location. Do make sure the camera is pointed directly at your face. No one wants to look up your disgusting nose. Do remember to smile. For business calls, make sure that your name is accurate and professional, like mine. Do mute yourself if you're not talking, like so. See, now you can't hear me. Hey, shut the up, I'm trying to record some computer shit. Don't video chat with someone you actually do not want to talk to. What excuse are you gonna use to get off the phone? You're busy? No, you're not. None of us are, that's a lie. Do check in with your friends, like how I'm about to check in with Jabuki. Oh, he's busy again. That's weird. Don't blink, don't ever blink. Blinking is a weakness. Don't use your adorable dog as a prop to distract your coworkers from the fact that you didn't prepare for the meeting, like at all. Right, right? Fluffy kittens, huh? Who's the fluffiest? Who's the fluffy guy? Do your own makeup. It's okay to look good. Give him face. Shake bump. Get into it. His lips grow. If it's a work call, do make sure you're paying attention. There's nothing more embarrassing than repeating what a coworker just said. That's right, Roy. Do make sure you're paying attention because there's nothing more embarrassing than repeating what the last person said. If you absolutely have to use the bathroom, take us in there. We're bored. Don't forget to leave your door unlocked so your kid can wander in and do something viral. Hey, bud, smother yourself in tomato sauce and get over here. Now. Okie dokie, that about does it. Ah, but don't forget to exit the call when you're done. Thanks. I'm glad that thing's over. Thanks everyone. When we come back, I'll be talking to Christina Cook, an American astronaut who just got back to Earth after 11 months in space. So if anyone can teach us about social distancing, it's gonna be her. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with US astronaut Christina Cook. 
Check it out. Christina Cook, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. And I guess more importantly, welcome back to Earth. Thank you very much. It is great to be with you, and it's great to be back on Earth, too. You you were out in space for the longest mission that a female astronaut has ever, ever undertaken. Um, you have now since returned. Was there a little part of you that regrets coming back with everything that's going on in the world? You know, I have to feel like a little part of me always wishes I were in space. I've kind of felt that way since I was was really young, actually, my entire life. So that part of me is definitely feeling that way, but it's great to be back on Earth. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I will say, you know, living through this is probably one of the most amazing things I will have lived through. Uh, I would never wish for it to happen, but seeing how people are coming together and getting through right. it together is really a great thing to witness in person. Let's talk a little bit about um, your journey into space, your journey in space, and then, you know, the journey coming home. Spending 11 months in space is, is, is no easy undertaking, especially because of what happens to your body. I remember when I went out to visit NASA, they told me about what happens to the astronauts physically, mentally. You have to try and work out in zero, zero gravity. A lot of it actually sounded like social distancing and what we have to do here on Earth. How do you prevent yourself from going stir crazy when you're stuck in that small environment for so long? Definitely. I think it's all about how you frame it and your attitude, just like now with what we're going through. Um, for me, one of the tricks was to put the right thing on repeat in my head. So if I found myself putting on repeat in my head, man, I sure do wish I could just have a latte or something ridiculous like that. Right. I would replace it with something that is unique about what I have now that I can never have again. Wow, I'm really going to be bummed out when I can't look at these auroras from space anymore. And, you know, put something on repeat in your head that serves you that actually kind of flips it so that instead of thinking, oh, I'm so over this, when's it going to be over? You're actually thinking, wow, I want to savor every moment. Oh, that's interesting. So we, at home, we have to be sitting here and then try and think of the positives. Oh, wow. I'll be so sad when I have to hug people I don't like anymore. That's right. For introverts, just positive thinking. Just keep, the, <laughs> keep the positive thinking going. Um, you, you, you made history in, in more than one way um, out in space because not only were, were you the first woman to spend as long as you did in space on a mission, you also uh, embarked on the first all-female spacewalk, which made headlines because for us on Earth, it was mind-blowing when we found out that there couldn't be an all-woman spacewalk before because the spacesuits weren't designed for different body types, which is, which is a very strange thing to discover. You think NASA has everything, and that, that, that seemed like a, a, a giant oversight. Did it feel like history for you when you were doing this, or was it just a mission and then it's it's sunk in when you got home? I would say that it sunk in more after the spacewalk. Uh, Jessica Muir and I were honored to be able to do that. It's a really demanding thing, both mentally and physically. You're in the spacesuit for 12 hours straight. You're doing really hard work in the spacesuit for seven hours straight. And so really, there was not any time for being, I guess concerned with some of the other aspects of what we were doing. I think we recognized it. Uh, we took that moment to take it in. I'll never forget when we both came out of the airlock, we caught each other's eyes and we knew what we were doing. And it was a really special moment, but then we got right down to work. So afterwards, realizing the outpouring of support that, that people were paying attention, that it was inspiring people, that was where we really were able to take a step back and recognize what a huge honor it was that we could both, you know, you know, honor those that came before us, that paved the way for us, and hopefully inspire the next generation. I've always wanted to know this from an astronaut, um, but I don't get to talk to many of you because there's only like 10 of you. Um, is Earth more beautiful during the day or at night when you're looking at it from space? Right. Hard to pick. Hard to pick just one. I would say 
the earth itself is more beautiful when you're on the daylit side, but the universe and the cosmos and everything you can see outside of earth, including the auroras above the atmosphere is probably more dazzling during the night passes. So where to next? I mean, you, you know, you've now gone out into space for this long. When you look at NASA and its programs, when you look at what the astronauts are looking to, what is your vision personally? And what are you, what are you looking to next as you know, part of the greatest space collective? What do you hope to achieve? Well, my favorite part about being on board on the space station was contributing and giving back. And luckily, I'm still able to do that at NASA. So I'm doing it through a series of debriefs. I'll have a ground job. So staying with NASA and continuing to contribute to human spaceflight is what I'm personally interested in doing. NASA as a whole is working on the Artemis program, which is going to be getting people back on the moon and having sustained presence there in a new place. And then taking that and capitalizing on it and investing further and going deeper into space, hopefully going back to Mars one day in the not too distant future. We're looking to land on the moon by 2024. So that's a, it's a really exciting time to be a part of NASA. We're also doing commercial launches. So launching from US soil to get astronauts to and from the space station, taking all the science we did up there, applying it back to earth and applying it to these future missions. It's just a really exciting time to be a part of it. Wow. That, you just made it sound like it's going to be the most exciting time when in fact we're already living in the most exciting time. So you've made me more excited for the things that are happening and are going to happen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, enjoy social distancing with us and thank you for giving us that perspective. Absolutely, thank you. It's been great to be with you. Well, that's our show for today. Before we go though, if you are able to help people who are going hungry in this country because of the pandemic, please consider donating to Feeding America. They're supplying food to millions of people in America. You've probably seen the pictures of the cars lining up online. They're feeding these people every day and they could really use your help. Even a dollar can help somebody get a meal. Anyway, stay safe out there, wash your hands, and remember, the only thing you really need to stock up on is love and canned tuna and probably toilet paper and like water and things. And Anyway, I'll see you again tomorrow night. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.